0: Welcome to Patient Stories. My name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and these are tales about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Emerging out of struggle. Mr. B was 44 when I first met him in clinic. He was a burly man, tall, with dark hair and a beard. He spoke very softly as we began our interview, and I had to really concentrate to hear his voice, particularly because of his Spanish accent. He'd come to my clinic because of difficulties with grip of both his hands. He noted this was of particular difficulty since he was a truck driver as well as a delivery person and needed to be at the wheel at least six hours of every day. I'm so lucky though, he noted to me. This is a wonderful job. I nodded my head and noted when the patient said this, he was almost teary-eyed about it. That was something of an unexpected observation and I was taken back a bit, which made me hesitate. The patient quickly looked down and then turned away. I felt, despite this not being why the patient was in my office, that I needed to pursue this. Mr. B, what seems to be upsetting you? Is everything all right at home? Are you having other troubles? I asked, concerned about his countenance. Well, doctor, it's a long story. You want to hear it? Of course, please go on. Mr. B then related to me his story of coming to the US. He was from Mexico and had snuck into the US after paying a transport broker to get him across the border into a safe house. Only, as anyone can imagine, the conditions for doing so were oppressive. Mr. B was stuck in the back of a truck with many other men, so there was no ability to move and even breathing was a struggle. Just on the trip from Tijuana to the border, Several men passed out, and the nature of the truck was just to survive and so those unconscious men were literally discarded out the back of the truck, whether stopped or moving, to give more room to the remaining conscious inside. It sounded horrific, but Mr. B noted that was not the worst of it. Once at the border, a nerve-racking experience of silence, fear, anticipation, and desperation The truck pulled over at a dark area several miles away from the border. It was deserted except for a single old wooden structure, which was almost roofless and appeared to be an old storage unit. All the men were told to get out of the truck, which they dutifully did, and then told they would spend the night in what they called the house. While some men began to speak up, the driver just told them to be quiet left a large jug of water like the one used for office coolers, and drove away. There was no light, no beds, no electricity, just the darkness for these men. "'I was scared, doctor,' said Mr. B. gently. "'I didn't know what to do. I didn't know anyone. "'I got a drink from the water jug and went into that house and just sat in the corner. "'I didn't sleep, just looked around. I think most of us did that.'" The next morning, a small pickup truck arrived. The men all got up and ran toward it, surrounding it, while two men got out. They informed the men that they all owed more money to the transport broker, and that unless they had the money now, they would have to work off their debt. Some men started yelling, some just looked stunned. Mr. B said he just started to cry. Then they told us that we could go back to Mexico if we knew how to get there said Mr. B. That pretty much quieted us all down. We kind of all shut up and started listening. Apparently, the transport broker had other areas that he worked in outside of smuggling. He'd contract with local businesses for cheap manual labor, from construction to landscaping to picking grapes to other odd jobs. Mr. B. noted "You always wanted to get picked to go on these, since, at least, you'd be fed more than the one drop-off of beans at night. But you'd never get any real money, and no one knew what the amount of work it took to pay back the broker. As Mr. B recounted this story, I was spellbound. He had become unwittingly a slave, trafficked across the border looking for a better life, but then trapped by the very system that had brought him over, with no ability to contact his family or even care for his own personal needs. The men were allowed to use washrooms on jobs, which is where they took, as he called it, showers, and cleaned up. But while there was a working bathroom at the house, it was clear it didn't work well, and Mr. B.'s description of the stench still sticks in my mind. "'I knew I had to do something, something big,' Mr. B. noted to me, continuing. "'I couldn't live like this. "'All I could think of was how my mother begged me not to go,' because something would happen to me. We already had two guys sick and no chance of seeing a doctor. I didn't want to be the next one, you know? So Mr. B devised a plan of escape, depending on the next job. There were always worker people on the job sites wherever they went, so he had to make it where he could go somewhere where he'd be alone. The broker guys were even at the portable toilets, but at times, at some of the other jobs, there would be real bathrooms. And that's how he decided to get out. Over the next few jobs he was on, he noted the towns they were in and tried to better understand where things were with respect to buildings or parking lots or police stations and other details near the job sites. He noticed they tended to go to similar places, but each man never went to the same job twice in a row. The other thing Mr. B did was he memorized the different routes taken to these places, which was often an hour or more away from the house, and within a short time he knew where they were going after only a few minutes on the back of the pickup truck. Each time he was selected for a job. On a work job to one of the larger cities, Mr. B was doing landscaping for a hospital. He told the foreman he needed to go to the bathroom and was directed inside to one of the first floor restrooms. These were one room restrooms, which allowed wheelchairs to easily fit, along with rails next to the toilets. Mr. B went into the restroom, climbed up into the ceiling, and made his way along the walls until he got to the front of the hospital, where he dropped down next to an elevator. He was happy to see signs in Spanish and went into one that was directed to social work, and as he noted, turned myself in, anticipating that he'd been arrested and deported back to Mexico. Instead, he ran into a social worker who asked him who he was, what he was doing there in fluent Spanish. He quickly relayed his story and she brought him into her office, closed the door and started making phone calls. She got me to a safe house from the asylum seekers, even though I didn't even know what asylum was and she got me to tell her how to get to the house in the desert. I don't know what happened to all those guys, but the broker had a lot more than just one house, and there were a lot. It was a hard time, Doctor. All of us guys at the Asylum Seekers, we were living off handouts. It took a couple of years for us to get okayed by the US government. That was seven years ago, Doctor. I got a job, first at a grocery store, then the one I have now. I got a wife, a kid, and I can work and feed my family, and my daughter's now growing up American. His moving story made me marvel at how he had survived such atrocities and that he was so grateful for what he had now. He clearly took nothing for granted and certainly was a testament to the human spirit. We finished with the remainder of the visit with me diagnosing bilateral carpal tunnel syndrome and scheduling some neurophysiology testing and some splints. When the patient came back to see me, he brought his wife and daughter. Everyone noted how well the splints had worked for the emg CV now documented carpal tunnel syndromes. And I truly felt joy watching this family's happiness, knowing what the patient had gone through to get here. I'd just been the doc for the patient. Lots of other people had impacted his life from the social worker to the people at Asylum Seekers, and many, many others. What karma had brought this person to see me, or what had allowed him to struggle and emerge from it, I didn't know, but certainly felt fortunate for both of us. These are the times when it really does provide a moment to reflect and understand how good we have it, which we often forget in the comforts of the mundane aspects of our lives. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.